Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, March 8, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? There's a lot to discuss, certainly not limited to the S&P 500. So we're going to look around the horn. We're going to have a lot of important discussions in part on the psychology behind how some of this stuff works, the technicals, the numbers, and so on, and so on, and so on. The first thing we're going to do is look at what jumps off the page or discuss what jumps off the page on the daily chart. A number one, what I see today is, what did they do? Run a test of the daily chart, 20 period moving average fell away. Gap and crap, run a test of the 20, finish on the lows, call it whatever you want. Obviously, the email indicator was working this morning as traders were wondering, again, how high the market's going to go. We're seeing follow-through. We're seeing all kinds of bullish behavior pre-market, and it's all part and parcel to the way this works. Let me remind you, we're going to see large swings in both directions, day-to-day, intraday, all of it. So the fact that we were down knocking on the door Thursday and Friday of last week at roughly 370 or so, and this morning we were up at 387, 170 plus or around 170 S&P handles from Friday's lows and Thursday's lows, all of a sudden, Is that a normal market? And the answer is, of course it's not. But that's what happens when we get into these corrective phases. Large swings in both directions. We see fast drops because there are vacuums in the market. People run for the exits, shoving 10 pounds of shit in a five pound bag, all that stuff. The market falls fast. It takes the elevator down and the escalator up. We know all those terms. We know all those catchphrases. The reason why the market has sharp rallies along the way is because of the short covering. It's the pies in the face. During the weekend video, we discussed that the market certainly could bounce up a couple of days this week, maybe all week long. Could they run higher? Absolutely. What did they do today? They ran higher, but they failed. Okay, fair enough. So now we take what's on the board and we put some numbers on it. What is the 388.25 reference? It's been on the board, haven't addressed it yet. Why is it there? That was an intraday price where the market could have got to if it continued to rally. That was my intraday target listed for inside the numbers members as the market was rallying up. They never got there. There were other targets along the way. They got to them. We raised the targets. The higher the market goes, the more it goes sideways. And each time off the clock, you have to raise the price targets. That's the way this business works. Where does this market run into trouble again on the downside? So for example, we're coming in Tuesday, which is also, don't forget, turnaround Tuesday. So the market, was it up or was it down today? The transports were up. The S&P was down. The Russell was up. The Dow was up. The NASDAQ was down. So was the market up or was it down? Depends on which market you're talking about. Now, we move the line to 380.60. Why is that? What does that represent? Well, it represents an area I believe causes trouble for the market if they start getting below. So we're talking about Tuesday, for example. 
and we're talking about early in the day, let's say they're trading down below that spot, what's likely to happen? Well, let's move charts and let's see what it looks like from a different perspective. Here's a 120 minute chart and here's what I'm discussing. So we have a huge breakdown candle over here. That was from the fifth. Now we have a reversal candle, which was the next candle, which reversed the breakdown candle. So the market then broke out above that spot. So that is in effect a breakout area, but also a breakdown candle. And if recaptured, so it's kind of like a twofer. The market reversed and it had a breakout from that spot. And then it's also a recapture if we start getting below and closing candles below 380.60. Does that mean a 120 minute candle? Well, on this chart, yes, it does. What if we flip it over to an hourly chart? What do we see there? Well, we have two breakdown candles in that vicinity. The high of this one is 380.59 and the high of this one here is 380.81. So somewhere in this neighborhood is a really important spot the market broke down, it came right back, broke out, what's it doing? It's coming back to either run a test of a former breakout area and go back up in the other direction, or it's coming to run a test of a former breakout area and potentially fail the test, and we won't know until we get there what happens if they open the day below that spot on Tuesday? Well, that would be extra bearish. What happens if they run down to that spot first thing in the morning and they start trading around that spot? They could be looking for support. That spot is around a midpoint of sorts, a midpoint of a couple of different retracements. Those of you that have taken the course, Lazy E-mini Trader, will know what that means. You have this hourly chart, 20 period moving average. Now, it's really not extremely important, but it's worth an honorable mention. Back to the 120 minute chart, you have a breakup candle low, 379.92. So you can start to see where a case can be built for there's a full stack in development around that zone. Open below it on Tuesday, all bets are off. Trade down to it, and you may have a potential trade on your hands. Well, inside the numbers members, we'll have more of that information on Tuesday in real time. You have to see it in real time. You have to see it when it gets there. If it gets there, you have to read the tape. Anything else on a daily chart? Well, we discussed something on the weekend video that's probably worth discussing again. I know a lot of traders were interested in that topic. The topic was the potential head and shoulders pattern that may be in development. We've got a sloppy right shoulder, but it's still a potential pattern that could play out. So here's the deal. They got above it, right? We talked about that. Now, now this isn't to the penny. This is a thick line, and this is for hypothesized visuals. But they give the appearance that they ran down to run a test of that neckline by the end of the day today. Can certainly make a case for that. We had two potential head and shoulders patterns. This was the other line, and you can certainly make a case that they ran to test the underside of that potential neckline this morning. Funny how this all works. Pre-market commentary, we had a happy Monday on our hands. So far, wake up red kind of morning, but this is at zero dark 30, 
before the turnaround. We could call it the Tepper turnaround. They had a hedge fund manager named Tepper. I forgot his first name. He's done this before. Years ago, they brought him on TV. The market was going down. The market rallied for a long period of time. They then labeled it the Tepper bottom. So I suppose in the wake of things that are going on of recent, they paraded him out again. He made a case for why the market should rally. Next scene shows by the opening bell, the futures are back above the flat line. This kind of stuff happens all the time. By the way, this was put on here before he was on TV. This is at about six o'clock in the morning. And by the way, I know I'm gonna get some comments about, hey, I thought you didn't watch that CNBC stuff. And the answer is, when we get into these kind of markets, corrective type of markets, I do watch some of it for the sole purpose of I'm looking for material for the videos. They hand me an endless supply. We're moving right along to the early thoughts. You can read some of this for yourself. I'm gonna do that a lot today. I'm gonna scroll up and allow you to pause the video and read for yourself, primarily because there was a runaway market for part of the day. They missed some numbers. There was a drip lower in a slow motion format in the afternoon. They missed some more numbers. They went back and forth, and it was really a chop shop formation most of the day. Every time they got close to a number, they bounced away, taking the number off the table. Then they go to another number. You take what the market gives you, and you move it along. Part of the early thoughts, since the market did have a nice push early in the morning, on the flip side, the bulls want to push price back toward the overnight high, 38.66 and a quarter, but they'll first have to contend with and get through the overhead resistance that should be waiting around ES3838, which is SPY38380. This was also in the pre-market. Here's some pre-market activity. You can see here that this is 9 o'clock in the morning. So you can see that they did run right up to 384, thought about it for a little while, then they played around with it after the opening bell, and you can see whether it's 383.50, 383.75, 384.25, we're not splitting hairs, we're talking about that general zone. I told you that it's from a larger time frame, and it's a very important number from a weekly closing perspective. It's not actually 384. It's close, but that's not the exact number. It doesn't matter what the exact number is, the market rarely ever goes to the penny of the exact number. They like to spike them through, so it doesn't really matter what the number is. Now, we're looking at the ES futures chart, the E-mini. So you have to put this in perspective. The two lines I have on the board are 38.38, we just read in the notes, so they were going to have to get through there in order to go much higher, right? So think about that. When that was posted, the market was below that, you can see how they ran some tests of that number, so that definitely was important. Of course, there's a corresponding SPY number, but since these were on the board, I just want to show you the numbers. And then, and remember, when we discussed this, we were below 38.38, and we were talking about what they would go to, which would be the overnight high, 38.66 and a quarter, give or take, whatever it was. And guess what? They even went higher, but the point that I want to make is you can't discount, certainly in these markets where we get large swings in both directions. We saw it on Friday. We saw it again today. You can't discount numbers that seem unrealistic that day. I have news for you. They are realistic that day. 
That's why I'm putting them on the board. Hence, don't send me an email asking why I'm wasting my time putting some of these numbers on the board or wasting your time. I'm not wasting anyone's time. The numbers are the numbers. Speaking of numbers, let's see what else we got inside the numbers. 855, so they did the thing where they worked back to the flat line before the bell. Did I buy the market at 6 a.m. expecting that to happen? No, I did not, but it happens a lot. So when I see stuff happen a lot and you can read the tape, it just goes in the camp of, I've seen this before. And here it is, no change. Above 383.80 at the open or on candle closes, opens the door for the overnight highs. 383.80. Might as well be 384. Either way, here's the opening print. It's easier that way. Right of the vertical, today's activity. And you can see here, they open above. They run some tests real quick. They stay above. They flirt with it, right? What's the close here? About 383.99. And you'll see inside the numbers. Sometimes you just can't make this up. But they did, in fact, open above and run up to the overnight highs and then some. You need a tour guide? Here's your tour guide. Stocks on the move, when the market gets a rally, everything catches a rising tide, lift all boats type of script. Takes some of the opportunity or all of the opportunity away for traders. 920, 384, no accident. They wanna be above, it's an important spot. 383 will be some support. This is early on, 933. Still letting them shake out the late comers. If they kill it, 381.80, give or take, is the next spot down that is support and should be a bounce for a long trade. Here's a five-minute chart, still right of the vertical today's activity. The low in this candle is 382.79. 383 should be support. They took off. Aggressive traders would have taken that trade. Less aggressive traders would have been waiting for the lower number or something entirely different. They're likely headed to run a test of 385 to 385.60 zone. There it is. Let's just say in a hypothetical trade, you're in this trade from somewhere, you're in the long side, and you know where the resistance is. So it gives you a chance to at least exit, if not all, some of the position booking the profit, putting the money in your pocket. That's how this is treated as a business. You don't always know whether resistant is going to have an immediate reaction back down in the southern direction in this case, or resistance is going to cause the market to just stop going higher for the time being and eat time off the clock. You don't know which one it's going to be until it gets there and starts doing it. You can see here, there should be overhead resistance around 386.50 if reached sooner than later. Hanging around underneath eating time off the clock changes that story. 948, 384.35 down to 384 is an early support zone at present. Closing candles below 384 is a fumble for the bulls until back above. We know 384 is important. After the market found resistance where it went after finding support, now it comes back down and it finds support after it found resistance. Where? 384.35 to 384, even slightly below. But what did they do? They ripped it right back up. There's a post there, by the way, that says they came into 384.20. That's this candle here where they came in between the support and bounced the market up. But then they came back and forth, back and forth before going higher once again. It's a little wordy, I know. What I'm going to do from here is scroll up, let you pause the video, read the notes, check the numbers out, go back to the chart, double check the work. 
See if this is information that would be valuable to you during the trading day. You see some days are different than other days. Some days we have tons of trades in here. It's like a bonanza. Other days it's relatively quiet. Some days there's one, two, or three. You never know what you're going to get when you're going to get it. That's why we show up in uniform each and every day ready to go. Stocks on the move. We'll take a look at the list. We'll take a look at the charts. We always want to look at the good, the bad, and the ugly. That's why there's no secrets in here. There's no secrets in the commentary. There's no secrets with stocks on the move. Everything is out front on the line. We'll take a look at NIO, Billy, and Baidu. NIO, the number on the board was 3518, and there was another one down at 34 and change. You can see what happened. They did get a bounce off 3518. It was support, in a sense, slightly lower, but that's not the trade. We wanted a trade like here that comes into it and bounces away. However, it didn't come into it. It bounced away beforehand, came back later. So this one doesn't count. It's a no trade. Nobody really took this trade. Well, I shouldn't say that. I don't know that. Nobody should have been taking this trade later in the day after it basically ate time off the clock over the price most of the day. From going over these every single day, you should know that's not the setup we want. How about Billy? Look at these two trades. One, two. Eh, didn't happen. Check this out. Low, 102.56 against 102.50. And then they have a nice little rocket ride away, making a high of 106.96. Come back to the price. Then they do the deal after coming up penny short. So that one doesn't count. And here, same routine. Came up short again. Low was 150. My number was 131. They bounced away to where? Right back to the second level. This one just didn't cooperate. It is what it is. The takeaway, the numbers still work. You know that. Baidu, same routine. Look at this. Came up short. Had a tremendous rip-roaring rally away. The low here was 247.53. Next five-minute candle, 256.04. Really? Came up short. Came back to it. I think they came up short again. Low here was 247 on the button. No, it was on the button. But it's not a trade because of this. So they did the deal early without hitting the number. Come back to it on the dime, rally away, and the rest of it is just mush. They eat time off the clock over the second number. That's off the table. They trade through. Today just was not a great day for inside the numbers. Stocks on the move. It wasn't cooperative from an SPY hit the numbers on the button perspective. A little bit in the morning, but for the most part, they could have done a better job at hitting my numbers. I say that tongue-in-cheek. The market is never, ever wrong. People are wrong. My numbers today were incorrect. Not all of them, some of them. I could live with that. What's going on over in Camp IWM? bit of an interesting story as compared to and contrast with the SPY. So they didn't hit the 20 period moving average, fell away, but they still had a positive day, finished up almost 1% against the S&P 500 that was really down about a quarter of 1%. So what's the story there? That's a pretty big divergence, wouldn't you say? The IWM is my favorite market leading indicator, so I think it's a puzzle piece. I'm pretty sure it's on the table, period, full stop. Divergences will 
undiverge, but they can stay diverged or markets can stay in a divergent type of position for any period of time. It's unlikely that it stays for a long period of time. What I'm talking about is, is it likely or unlikely that the SPY keeps falling and the IWM keeps going up north? That's unlikely. They're both going to go in the same direction in large part. One will bottom before another. One will top out before another. They don't have to do the same thing every single day. But in large part, the long-term charts are going to look very similar to one another. Nice tail candle on the daily chart. Spike through the 50-period moving average after testing it twice. Follow through day after finishing on or near the highs on Friday. Still had an up day again. While you had somewhat of a gap in crap a little bit, the takeaway is finished on the green. There was follow through. It is what it is. We take it at face value and we move along. Part of this deal is being the umpire calling balls and strikes. So here's a 240 chart. We can also say when looking at this chart, right? That's why we look at a lot of charts. That's why I look at a lot of charts. I need to get a 360 perspective of every single stock or market that I'm analyzing. So what can I say looking at the 240 chart? How about they ran up to run a test of the convergence of the 50 and 20 period moving average also in the vicinity of this breakdown candle high and they failed and are trading back in the southern direction. That whole thing would absolutely be a true statement. Be the umpire, call the balls and the strikes. Start getting back below Friday's closing prices and things might begin to look a little more on the weak side for Camp IWM. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Well, similar story. They make a new high, they're rallying early in the day, but they finish with a big tail candle after making a new high. So here's the thing. What's more important? A new closing high, which they did, a tail candle, or the uptrend where the trend is your friend until she throws you out? Well, guess what? We know the more dominant thing is the trend. That's number one. B, closing at a new all-time high is also very bullish. So C, the tail actually takes third seat. Start getting back below and closing hourly below 13.5, 13.550, and things may change. It doesn't change the uptrend, but it could change the short-term trend. Remember, everything starts somewhere and morphs from there about a different picture than what we've seen so far in the queues. So the queues were down over 2%, eight bucks. What's going on? They got smoked. That's what's going on. 10 pounds of shit, five pound bag, top heavy index, weighted to like five, six, seven stocks. Is it unlikely or likely that the S&P 500 would continue with a northern direction while the queues would continue getting crushed in the southern direction? It's unlikely. Today was actually an anomaly when you see this, where an index is down 2.5% against one that was up most of the day. That's an anomaly. It's not normal because it's generally speaking all the same market. It's not all the same market, but they all trade together for the most part. Not all day, every day, but for the most part. Was this a deep retracement of a tail candle? They're going to snap back and start rallying tomorrow. It could be, but they start getting below Friday's low. 
look out below. And I'll tell you this, if the queues start getting below Friday's low, even on an hourly basis, and start closing below there on an hourly basis, you're not rallying in the S&P 500. You're not rallying in other markets. The markets are selling off. That's what will be happening if that takes place. Look at the weekly chart as it relates to the 20-week moving average. They rallied back to close right on top of it last week. Now they had a terrible day today, and they're significantly below it. Will they fight back to the 20-period moving average? Call it 309 for argument's sake. Or are they going to 290, 287, somewhere in that camp? Below that, it's 281. How about them trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew people? So here's the XLF. Again, same story we just discussed from the folks down at the transportation department. You have a tail candle, you have a new closing high, you have an uptrend, the trend is your friend until she dumps you, that whole thing. So what do you do? You don't do anything. You let them go until she gives you something better. You can't fight a very strong, gripping uptrend. Is this tail today a sign or signal of a trend change? No, it's not. Could the XLF be down tomorrow? Yes, it could, but that doesn't mean today was a sign or signal of a trend change. Those two things are mutually different. What about Smash Mouth? Holy smokes, taken out behind the woodshed, shot three times, and then they murdered it. This is not the market's way of telling you that the QQQ is just gonna rip right back in the other direction tomorrow. That's not what this chart is saying either way. Look at what we just discussed before and look at what's existing on the SMH chart. So we told you about the Qs and the tail from Friday, but look what happened here. So remember, the SMH is essentially a proxy for the tech sector as a whole and or a leading indicator. So check this out. Here's your tail low from Friday to 16.91. They closed below it today. That's a warning signal. That's a flare up in the air. SOS, SOS. Now we might see a rescue operation ensue, but that's what this chart is telling us about the tech sector. Without the tech sector, the rest of the market's not gonna rally and everything goes like dominoes from there. Still gonna get large swings in both directions, but that's the story as it stands March 8, 2021. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.